0: Hey, race fans, calling all hockey fans, calling all hockey fans. Why are we looking for hockey fans, you might ask? Because Goat Sports Media has released its newest podcast, Tea with Miss McGill. It can be found on Apple, Spotify, and all the favorite places that you podcast. This podcast is going to concentrate on Minnesota high school hockey mainly, a little bit of touch of Division I and Division Three college hockey and we'll touch on some major stories of the nhl so tea with miss mcgill the latest podcast from gold sports media go check it out All right, race fans. Ryan Eho here, bringing you another episode of the One to Go Show, episode number sixty-seven. Again, I'm Ryan. That is the one and only Bert Lehman. Bert, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good. I was thinking people are probably glad that there's only one and only Bert Lehman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tell you what, we're all unique. I think this a, a lot can be said for that, especially when it comes to me. And uh, you don't need to put that in the comments, folks. Uh, yeah, I don't think people can handle too many of us. I can. I can I'll, totally
1: see that. Although I did see on Facebook that you were trying to sell me, so uh, I don't know I, what to think about that. <laughs> think, I, I had a guy
0: out, a guy offer though. He said if you <laughs> give me two hundred, I'll take them. I'm like, Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's no love there, so yeah. that was a guy was for fans going, what the heck is that all about? Somebody was asking, hey, has anybody got a bird for sale? I'm like. Well, I knew they meant Bert transmission, but I mean I got I got a Bert co host. Give me hundred bucks So uh so fans out there, I mean if you want Bert for an hour, just go ahead and send a hundred dollars over. I'll give you my PayPal account. You can have them for an hour, you'll do whatever you want. Shovel. I mean, if you're down south, you can shovel, right? But uh yeah, we really like to have a little fun for sure. Kind of gotta keep things light in the in the crazy world we're living in today. But,
1: I agree, uh, I agree
0: you know some racing went on and in the florida speed weeks officially in the books it's a wrap it's done and uh this last week of course the big week they we still had stuff going on at east bay and there was stuff going on around right um uh, but uh the big thing down there of course was volusia the late models the first couple nights of course were ump they had the mods with them kind of touched on that and then the big block mods come in. I guess the beasts from the northeast is like as they like to call them. They came in and then they ran it was supposed to be four World of Outlaw races. Of course the finale rained out. But uh let's let's kind of recap that a little bit. You know, we talked about the first couple nights last week so we don't need to go into much detail. But night one, of course, T Matt getting her done and he's pretty quick. What do you think, Bird all speed weeks? He was pretty quick down there he maybe should have had another one we'll talk about that in a second but he got night number one under you know under wraps anything else from night number one um from you
1: um no i mean you know it was good to see t mac uh, back in victory lane uh, he's one of my favorite drivers so i you know i'm not going to complain to see uh him in victory lane and he always does good interviews after the races too so that's always a plus
0: <laughs> we, we may talk about that just a little bit because he, he talked a little bit about throwing some punches and you know earning some respect and we're gonna get to that in just a little bit here but he's really good Bert on the big half miles I think that's kind of where he shines at momentum and he looked good down there night number two kind of a kind of a neat deal you know Bobby Pierce getting a win he did the Babe Ruth he called his shots right he uh, lost his aunt um so long time supporters of his race team and his aunt passed away, I think his aunt Jan, and uh, she passed away, and he said, hey, I'm going to go out and win the feature. I'm winning it for her, and he did, and uh, so that did not disappoint. That was pretty cool, and we talked a little bit about both those nights, but Bert, let's get into night number three, okay? Before the night began, there was some talk going in. Is Kyle Strickler going to follow the Lucas? Because he kind of said, you know, hey, I'm going to run for Lucas Rookie of the Year, and that's kind of what we talked about coming into speed weeks is it going to be between, that's going to be a good deal between him and RTJ and going into night number three, which was the first of the, of that week's world of all shows before the race even started, he says, you know what, we're, we're transitioning. We're all in, we're going to go world of Outlaw rookie of the year. You know, they were leading points of course, and sold their, they traded their uh, rockets to get back into the longhorn deal goes out, gets her done but there was a lot of mayhem on night number three. Bert, <laughs> I'll let you kind of touch a little bit, a couple of things that stuck out to you. And
1: uh, there's a, and in fact,
0: uh, why don't you get to the hot topic,
1: right? Because well, there's a lot of- Actually, be, before we get to the hot topic, let me say something about Strickler. Um, you know, we had talked previously, you know, you know, he runs better in, in the Longhorn than the Rocket Then should he switch and whatnot. And I think we need to give props to uh, the car owners of Strickler's team for um, listening to Strickler and agreeing to do that. I mean, the owners could have said, screw it. We spent all this money on these Rockets. And, you know, this is what you have to learn to drive these things or we'll find somebody else to drive it. Uh, so, uh, you know, kudos for uh, to the team owners. And, uh, you know, this is only their second second year as being team owner so maybe maybe that was helpful in this situation where they didn't dig in their heels and say no this is the way it's going to be you know they were receptive to the idea and so far it's working well for them I mean granted we're only in February but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know he he's finished much better driving the Longhorns on the Rockets so uh, we'll see what the rest of the year brings.
0: Yeah, you're right on the money. You know, if that's an established team, if they're around for 10 years or longer, they're like, no, 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 this is it. Because let's face it, in dirt late models, there's a ton of drivers out there going, well, i tell you what, if you don't want to drive your stuff, I will, <laughs> right? And uh, so that also shows their level of respect for the driving of Kyle Strickler, because – you know, they look at him and they say, I tell you, what, well, we want this guy driving for us. So, what, we're, yeah, we got to make this work. So, you're exactly right on. And, mm-hmm. you know, that Longhorn-Bielstein package that he has going on there, that, that seems to be working pretty well for him, for sure. You know what? I'll touch on a couple things. I know you have something, really, you want to talk about here. <laughs> this night was crazy. You know, T-Mac, of course, one night one. He gets out to the early lead. <clears throat> it looks like he's going to win this one, too. And I still don't know exactly what happened. Something in the left rear, I don't know if a wheel came off or a hub broke or something broke on the left rear and bam, his night's over leading a little bit later on. And uh, I'm not sure if this is in exact order, right? Just a few things that happened. Bobby Pierce looked like he had it won. I mean, he's checked out. Looks like he's going to get his first world of all uh, late model win, shreds the right rear and uh, his night's over. You know, while running second, a guy we're going to talk about that was just lights out down there, Devin Moran, he's running second, spits out a drive shaft and, and somebody missed him. I don't remember who that was. Brandon Overton did not miss him. He got in the brakes early. It wasn't like the remember the East Bay deal last year where, yep. uh, you know, it That's wasn't smart. like that where he drove all the way through them, but he got into them. Both of their nights were over. Of course, um, Moran spit a drive shaft though, but Overton tore up the front of his car a little bit. Wasn't horrible, but that ended that. Then, a little bit later, and again, I'm not sure exactly on the order of this, right? But uh, there was a little incident there between uh, a guy that, you know, driver of the year last year. and was in uh, late model racing, driver of the year. Let's face it, he'd been struggling. And he had a, he played kissy face with somebody. Bert, I'm going to let you touch on that.
1: Um, well, uh, Brandon Shepard and, uh, Norris, what's his first name? Mike, I, Mike, Mike, Mike Norris. Yep. Yep. Uh, Not
0: was, the announcer <laughs> at Falls, the different one. Not <laughs> the <was> announcer. <laughs> late in
1: the race. I think there are only like three laps left or, or something like that. And, yeah. uh, they they were coming out of turn two and actually Ricky Thornton jr. Was, was on the high side and then it was Shepard and then it was Norris and, uh, Uh, Shepard said that Thornton junior went a little higher than he normally did. So, you know, Shepard took his shot and, you know, Norris was on the inside of Shepard and there was contact, uh, between Shepard and Norris and that cut down a tire on Shepard. Um, it was, it wasn't an instant flat tire though, because Shepard was able to continue at least for uh, three quarters of a lap and then dump Norris, uh, in turn one, um, and I mean, and when I say dumped, he dumped him because Shepard even said he dumped him. Uh And uh, I don't know if you want me to get into my rant right now or if you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I tell you what, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to buckle in. I want to listen. Bert's got a rant here.
0: Absolutely. What is your thoughts on that? Whole uh,
1: well, I mean, I like watching Brandon Shepard race, but I was uh, disappointed with him dumping Norris. Um and actually, the comments after the races uh, didn't make it any better in my mind. Uh, he flat out admitted it. He said, we're going for a championship. This could cost us a championship. I mean, we're in February. I, I know you're not having a good speed weeks, but we're in February. And um, my, my reaction to that is, okay, Brandon, if you and your other eight World of Outlaw drivers want to travel the country and race amongst yourself at the different tracks, go for it i mean to me that was very disrespectful to the regional driver who without let's be honest without those drivers there there isn't a a a show i mean those drivers to me are just as important as the regular world of outlaw drivers or the lucas you know if it's a lucas race um you know they were battling for a third, I think, at the time. I mean, that would have been a huge finish for Norris. And he even said so, At you know, after the race when, he, when they talked to him. And I think based on Norris's interview, he still thinks he didn't do anything wrong. And watching it, I've watched it several times. And I think it was just a racing incident. I mean, Shepard went for a hole. The hole closed. I mean, there was a car inside. I mean, remember when Tyler Erb did that shot? shot the hole in arizona it worked that time it didn't work this time for shepherd so my feeling is i mean those regional racers are important to the sport and i understand shepherd was having a bad speed weeks and um he was frustrated but i was hoping that he would cool down a little bit after the races but that didn't happen well then apparently they said this on the dirt on dirt uh, drive home one night, they said that even Mark Richards said this could cost them the championship. I mean, it's like, come on, we're in February. Um, If you guys aren't confident enough in your ability that you can race the rest of the season and still win a championship, then, you know, you know, just sit down, relax and chill out a little bit.
0: (laughs) So, So I'm gonna spin this a different direction, okay? Because the point deal, I've been there. I've, I've not, I've raced for world of Outlaw points, but I've ran for Wissota national championships. And, and if you go into the season and your mindset is winning the championship, it weighs on you from day one, all the way to the end of the year, you look at it as missed opportunities, especially when you're in a podium or a top five spot, you know, and you, you know, you're relegated to in the twenties in the finishing position, you know, in this night here, Bert, I think there was nine provisionals too um it was it was crazy they, somebody said 11 but on the drive home they said well there was only nine and it's like well <laughs> i don't know only nine that's not such a thing as only nine provisionals i like how they said that on the drive home but <clears throat> would you agree that
1: typically you don't
0: see brandon shepherd reacting this way is that fair no, I,
1: I agree i i will agree i mean he, he's usually very mild-mannered i mean earlier in speed weeks, uh, at East Bay, he spun out who Shirley. And I mean, he was very ap- during a heat race and Shepard won the heat race and he was very apologetic, you know, in his, uh, post-race interview and, you know, you know, and so that's why I was just a little disappointed with the change in demeanor that he had in this situation because it wasn't, uh, a regular, um, Outlaw driver, and oh, and I was gonna say too, I think we know why we have the no fault rule. So the world of outlaw drivers can just punt the non regulars whenever they want. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shots fired by Burke
0: here. All right. So I, uh, you know, I'm gonna go with a different spin on that. See, I liked it. I liked it. Now, do I agree with smashing and all that? Well, probably not, but I, I, you see, a human element to Brandon Shepard, right? It's more relatable. Like he's, he's usually that politically correct, mild mannered. not too much gets to him, but you can tell he's getting wore out. Cause I mean, speed weeks ain't been very good, right? He's not used to going all the way through the whole month of February with zero wins. That's not Brandon Shepard. So <clears throat> there's frustration and I guarantee the guy paying all the bills is, is mounting that frustration on the whole team. And I, I guarantee there's just some inner conflict. I'm not saying there's going to be a, a parting of the ways, but when, when you're not winning and you're used to winning, everybody just gets tense. Right. So that mounts, that mounts that, right? that kind of, you know, that makes it, I guess, normal for people. Now with that said, he's not normally the guy that retaliates like that. I I liked it. No. Did Norris cut his tire on purpose? No, I don't think so. It was a racing deal. You know, Norris got underneath him and Shepard came down. They got together, boom, left, left rear flat. In fact, it didn't really, I mean, he got, he got beat up a little sideways, but they kind of drove out of it, right? And uh, so it didn't look like it was like huge contact, but obviously enough to cut the tire. And there's not a racer out there that's competitive, that's won races, that hasn't had something like that happen where they said, I'm going to drive through him in the next corner. Like, literally, I'm pissed. It just makes it relatable. Right, wrong, or indifferent. You were disappointed because you, you don't like conflict. I I do. Right? I like conflict.
1: I think it, it's good. And uh, Well, no. I, I, it's not that I don't my that I don't like conflict. It's just I wish he would have been able to do it without ruining Norris's night. I mean, that was
0: his intent.
1: Well, right? I know that it, was it, his in Yeah, it
0: is mine. See, and that's my point right there because, you know, let's talk about the no spit and the no fault rule. If Norris would have spun him out, right, and the yellow come out, Norris just gets his spot. Right. So, okay, now he didn't spin him out, but he cut his tire, effectively ending the night for Brandon Shepard. He wasn't going to get a good night. Well, if you're going to hit somebody back, it drives me nuts, Bert, when somebody just goes up and they, they kind of bump him like, oh, I'm mad at you. You're going to get in trouble for that. You might as well end their night. Like, if, if you're <laughs> going to do it, make it count, right? You know, that's when they say, if you're going to retaliate in hockey, if somebody elbows you and you're going to, like, you're going to give them one, make it count, right? Make it worth it. Make the penalty, you know, make it worth it. This little bit of a bump, you know, when somebody, even, even that deal at Cedar Lake where Tyler Herb kind of nosed up, he tried to tee him up. He did. He, he missed. <clears throat> but then when he kind of nosed up on Pierce, That wasn't going to, I mean, it wasn't going to hurt Pierce's car. It wasn't going to do nothing. So all he did is got himself in trouble. Now Pierce would have got in no trouble if his dad wouldn't have been dumb and ran out on the racetrack like an idiot, right? But the fact of the matter is, if you're going to retaliate, retaliate. Otherwise, don't do nothing. So so I kind of look at that. I'm like, I think he probably fully intended to spin him out. And he's like, you know what? I know the rule and the rule's stupid. See, now think about this. If that no-fault rule's not there, guess what? They they look at it and they're like, well, Shepard had a flag. He clearly spun the out on purpose. Norris should have got his right. spot back. And it's kind of one of those deals where, <clears throat> yeah, it was a racing deal when he cut his tire. But, you know, that's where the no-fault rule, that's where the self-policing worked, right? The, self, the self-policing worked. It was done. It was over with. I, I spun him out. His night was wrecked. My night was wrecked. Bam, it's done. They can move on to the next race. And, and I, I believe they probably did. They probably got their frustrations done. I guarantee, I'll i put money on it that they probably talked before the end of the week. And, and it was done and over with because it got handled right there. So it was an interesting deal for sure. And, and there's a lot of different ways people look at that. And it's interesting just how us two look at that a little bit differently. But uh, needless to say, that night was intense.
1: It, well, what's what's your uh, feeling on the Norris uh, Shepherd uh, incident on the backstretch? I mean, when whose it fault first was happened, it? when it yeah. first
0: happened, I think it was a racing deal.
1: Yeah, Although, that's what I. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, you know, I don't think I don't think Norris was over and above like getting into him. Shepherd kind of come down. He was kind of closing the door, and and Norris was kind of poking his nose in there, and they, they just kind of got together. I don't think it was you know, and Norris even lifted. It's like, it's not like, you know, think about it. He very easily could have just stayed in the gas finished mop kept going because he had them pretty sideways. So he lifted out of the gas. So I think it was a racing deal, but again, I've, I've I've been there. I I have literally been there. I I don't remember. Well, i Don Drew comes to mind. There was a night up in superior Wisconsin. He cut my tire and we made it all the way to the next corner before I teed him up. And I think I wrecked half the field, which was a bad deal, but, uh, I, I definitely got him back so right, wrong or indifferent. Again, if you're competitive, if you have that fire, somebody ends your night, your, your first animal instinct is to get them back. I mean every single sport is the same way. I mean every sport, you think hockey, you know somebody somebody hacks you in hockey, you turn around and punch him in the face. I mean that's just you know how it works. It's just natural, right, wrong or indifferent. I think that's just kind of uh, the animal instinct coming out, so to speak. And and, and the human side, of course, to Brandon Shepard, because he's the guy over the last several years it's like, man, you can't rattle this guy. Like he is, he's locked in. And uh, he, he showed right there that he's, he's rattled right now. And I think that's just, that was a culmination of like just a massive amount of frustration from all of speed weeks. And uh, I think it was just, If he would have been having a good speedway sport, let's say he won five races down there, and then all of a sudden that happened, he don't react the same way. There's no way,
1: right? I don't think. What do you think? You may be right on that. Um, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see if he would have reacted the same way if it would have been an outlaw regular. Um, So, you know, I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I think he would. Uh, yeah, that that's an interesting perspective. I guess we'll never. Know. Well, we might know. There's a lot of racing left, so we might know. <laughs> we may we may see that happen. Um, I guess time will tell. You know, another thing on that. You know, I was wondering. You know, because Strickler kind of declared right for the Lucas Oil Rookie of the Year, and I'm like, you know, and I know there's something in there that if they declare they, that's it. They, they they, can't ever run for the Lucas Oil Rookie of the Year again. So our late model expert, Jeff, he actually did some research. He reached out, of course, to uh, the series director, what is that, Rick uh, Schwally? and he reached out to him and said, you know, how does this work? And I don't remember the exact date. <clears throat> I, I have it, but I don't have it in front of me, but they have until that date. Even if they, even if they commit now that they're going to run it, at that certain date, it's, it's their last. So, so to speak, their last approval or their last uh, last commitment and being that he made a decision now that he's going to follow the world of outlaws, he still has an opportunity down the road to still run for the Lucas oil uh, late models rookie of the year. So, so Jeff checked on that. Thanks Jeff for that. Cause I wasn't sure. I was kind of wondering how that all worked out Um, because there is some money on the line for them rookies, right? You know, so there's, that's, you know that's an opportunity for down the road and strickler's like hey this is a business we race for money if we're performing well here we'll stay here you know and and obviously i think is he still leading is he is he leading the world of a loss still or he's right up there
1: strickler yeah he's leading um i have it right here okay strickler has um 724 points And actually, Kyle Bronson is second, who's not going to follow the series. Um, It's Strickler, Bronson, Ricky Weiss, Tyler Bruning, Dennis Erb Jr., and then Shepard. Shepard is 80 points uh, out of first. Bruning
0: is kind of a coin toss right now, right? Because I've heard. Yeah, I'm I'm not
1: sure which series he's going to follow. I've heard multiple
0: things. I've heard Lucas, I've heard Rule of Outlaws, I've heard he's going to run a lot of regional stuff and hit some big shows. So I, I think time's going to tell with him. He he kind of ran pretty good down there. He actually had some speed, so he ran pretty good. Yeah. Well,
1: but, uh, I just wanted to mention, too, I mean, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about uh, Shepard and we talked about Strickler and, you know, the pressure that Shepard is on because he didn't have good speed weeks. And, you know, you know that translates to Rocket because that's the Rocket house car. And how is uh, Rocket feeling with uh, the driver Committing to the series now is committing to the series because he got rid of the rocket and is racing a longhorn.
0: <laughs> I thought we're gonna get to that at the end of the show. But rocket <laughs> they, let's face it, they're not on their game. There's some I shouldn't say they're not on the game, but Longhorn found something late in the year last year, and Longhorn right now, that whole team is like th- th- that's that's the mark. They've kind of stepped up on the on the rockets and I guarantee Mark Richards is none too happy about that. I don't know, Bert, maybe there'll be some changes of rules again in the world of outlaws so the Rockets can be fast again. I, I'm just saying, I don't really know, right? So let's get into night number four, another interesting night. Um, It rained after heat, well, partway through heat number three. And <clears throat> next thing you know, I think, several of the cars decided because they it was a long rain delay and they packed it all in and it was still greasy on the bottom and greasy on the top and the heats were super narrow and several of the late model guys said you know the ones that were not following the world of all points they said we're just going to keep it loaded up we're not going to race tonight and i think ray godsey was one of them Bert, he was on the pole and he if you're on the pole on a narrow one lane racetrack like <laughs> I don't get it. Like this this dude, like he qualified well down there, but he, he ain't won nothing. I'd be looking at it going, well, holy crap, like I'm on the pole, the tracks one lane. This is a good opportunity for me to actually win a heat, get the show. And he opted out on the pole. That one made zero sense to me at all. But uh several of the guys uh just decided they're not gonna race <clears throat> and then they got into the race program, and you know, it's actually a pretty good track. The feature was pretty decent. Devin Moran who he was kind of a fixture on the podium down there he was he was tough he got her done in night number four and I believe that was his first um uh, win at Volusia and uh boy he looked good he was strong you know what was your thought on the late model action there night number four with Moran
1: um well I mean the thing about Moran is he wasn't even originally scheduled to go to Volusia uh I, the only reason he was there was uh some people that he knew um, wanted him to race there, and they gave him some money for tires or something. Yeah, uh, so he de- he decided to go race there, and um, I'm sure he's glad that he did because he had a very good speed weeks, and uh, we'll get into it later as to how good of a how good of a a week he had down there.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was impressive. Now, <clears throat> night three had a little bit of drama, right? Is it fair to say with the Brandon Shepard deal, there was some drama, some stuff happened it was nothing like night four night four had lots of drama lots of drama i still do not know what happened maybe you do but evidently parker martin he's that 16 year old kid now if you remember back at, uh, towards the end of last year i think it was in december down at that east alabama race he's the guy that punted the guy on the last corner when, mm-hmm. when Joyner won the 10 grand and and like the, all the pits were down, like and they were all screaming at him, and he's like, he's like, well, whatever, I'd do it again. I'm trying to win, and like he's just a little smart-mouth, sixteen-year-old, like he left right. me like eighteen, right? Well, something happened. I'm not sure what. His dad, Chris Martin, who's actually the owner of the Cochrane Speedway down in Georgia, he got into it big time with uh, the series director. Um man why don't why don't why don't I have his name? You know his name, the series director for the world of outlaws. Casey. Yeah, Casey schumann And uh he they like they were blow to blow, face to face, and he knocked his hat off and he was poking his chest and like he was up in his grill. And Casey schumann says, Load your stuff up, you guys are out of here, done. Just leave, you're done. And they got booted for the rest of speed weeks. Now I don't know if that suspension or something happened, I don't know if that translates further into the season or if that was just for speed weeks. I don't know, but needless to say he got booted for literally knocking his hat off and, and screaming. Now, if you want some entertainment, Bert, go to the Cochman Speedway Facebook page.
1: Okay. Well, before we leave this topic, let me, what I read was that his dad was upset with the way some of the rules were being enforced during red flags. Um, okay i I don't know what rules but uh that's what uh i read
0: okay okay interesting yeah so i'm not exactly sure but just to give you an insight on what this dude's all about go to the conference speedway facebook page and just scroll through right and just look at some of the conversations this guy has he's a loose cannon Uh, he's (laughs) a loose cannon like I mean, and and I've seen people commenting on different threads that like, this guy's a, a severe alcoholic, he's a drunk and he's on Facebook, he's a track promoter and he's on Facebook drunk arguing with people nonstop. It's like, so you knew some conflict was going to happen there. And that's obviously translated to a 16 year old kid who's got a big mouth, right, not afraid to run into people and voice his opinion. I tell you, you know, they always say, don't let your mouth, you know, try to cash checks at your uh, or don't let your mouth run. And how does it work? Uh, Not if your ass can't cash the check, you know, that type of deal. And (laughs) that's that's exactly where he is right now. Or yeah, don't let your mouth write checks (laughs) that your ass can't cash. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Figured it out. All right, and and that's exactly what he's doing. Now he's 16, and and that kind of begs the question, you know. I've always said, you know, these 14, 15, 16-year-olds, I don't believe they belong in super late models. I don't care how hard they drive. I don't care. Zero respect. Daddy pays for everything. He don't have to work on nothing. He can go, like, you go smart off to the wrong person, he's going to punch you in the face. Now, you can't hit a 16-year-old. You go to jail, right? So so when he turns 18, he may he may wisen up just a little bit, and uh, I guess we'll find out. Dad looks like he's kind of a big boy, but man i I tell you it was interesting but let's flip this around because the big block mods were in town and burton did you watch that feature
1: i know i didn't see any of the big black stuff
0: so so i didn't i typically don't watch them they're i mean them cars they're like it looks like they don't have shocks on them they're like all kind of teeter-tottering bouncing around but right away lap one of the feature mad max mclaughlin got into the back so he was diving underneath matt shepherd and shepherd evidently he's got multiple championships up there like he's supposed to be one of the top guys in big block mod racing they get into the corner first lap he he actually drove inside of them and they got he got into the left front of shepherd shepherd's car darts up takes out another guy and both of them cars were able to keep racing so it wasn't like a huge deal but it, it could have been really ugly well right away first thing that happens right the yellows out and All of a sudden, they're all coming around the track, and here's Matt Shepard. He drives, and he noses right up, kind of like Pierce and uh, Tyler Erb did at Cedar where where Turbo drove into the front of him. He drove into the front, and it didn't hit him hard, but enough to stop him, and he was pointing at him, and you can tell, like, he's clearly pissed off, and they said enough's enough, everybody get back in line. So he didn't even get in trouble or disqualified for, like, nosing up to a guy. They just said get to the back. McLaughlin wins the feature. Matt Shepard or that Matt Shepard comes from last to fifth, so he was fast right probably had the car to beat later on that night in the pits Matt Shepard went down to Max McLaughlin's car evidently uh he let his fists do more talking than his mouth because he Superman punched him right he he I mean he hit McLaughlin his feet came off the ground he Bad camera angle. I got uh, I got some video footage here. If you jump, if you're on Facebook, you can see it. Um, not the best because you can see the camera kind of drops as it happens. And it's like, hmm. Now, what's interesting, Max McLaughlin Bert, do you know what car he
1: drives? No,
0: the Sweeteners Plus.
1: Oh, okay.
0: T car. And wasn't it just last week where T Mac's one saying, Hey. Sometimes you just got to, you got to knock somebody in the face a little bit to kind of earn some respect. So it's kind of funny how that kind of come full circle, right? To the sweeteners mm-hmm. plus car. And you know what, you know what uh, uh, Matt Shepard got for a suspension? Do you know what he got for a fine?
1: I don't know. Nothing. He he won the next night. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't do nothing. So, so for so, punching him, he got no- he, nothing?
0: Nothing. Nothing. He raced the very next race. So, okay. and it's on video. Okay. People saw it, right? So. So you got Chris Martin knocking the hat off Casey Schumann. He gets booted for the week. You got this dude, and it's all you got to remember. World Racing Group owns dirt car, and they own World of All. So it's all kind of the same group. Is it? It's kind of weird to me that you you know you knock the hat off and you yell at the series director and you're booted, and you know Casey Schumann booted Tyler Herb for off in, indefinitely, and this dude goes and in right into a guy's pit and literally knocks him on his ass, punches him, and he don't even get suspended. I'm not really sure what to think about that, Bert. What do you
1: think? Um, well, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not quite sure what to think of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely interesting, though. So, so I don't know.
0: I, it'll be hard to say if that carries over up into, because they, they'll race against each other. It's not a huge series. They'll race against each other a lot. But like T-Max says, you know, when you punch somebody in the mouth, that, you know, fear earns respect. And now I'm wondering if uh, McLaughlin will be a little bit more timid. And when they interviewed McLaughlin and victory lane, what's interesting to me that night, cause he won. The first thing he says is, man, I, I feel bad about getting into him. I really feel bad. I thought about it the whole race. So like, he must've been already a little nervous. Like no one, this guy's a hothead. Like, man, I'm in trouble. Like this is not going to be <laughs> good. so, and, and you know, so in, in watching it, it's not like he drove up into him. He dove underneath him, and that's the night it rained. He kind of hit a little crease, and his car kind of come up the track. And it was kind of a racing deal, probably a little aggressive for lap one. But it was uh, a little bit more drama down there. Now, let's – you got anything else there on night number four, Bert, or should we roll into the final night? No, nope, we can roll into the final night. Yeah, the final night, uh, you know, another guy, because they had multiple winners. You know, there was only three winners that won multiple races. Brandon Overton got his second of the year and looked really good. I mean, he, he flat out dominated, um, kind of an interesting deal. So coming into the ninth, um, Devin Moran was literally just a a handful of points ahead of Pierce for the big gator for the winter nationals championship. And, uh, Pierce was scheduled to start outside of row number one. Now he's been qualifying. Well, he's been winning heats. He's been starting up front. I mean, he found some speed, And uh, the fan belt came off in the heat race and they got the engine hot and and they they decided that, yeah, you know, I don't care what it is to win. I know what these engines cost. So we're going to pull the engine and we're going to put another engine in. They didn't get it done in time. He had to borrow a car. He ended up starting last. And I I don't even know if he finished. I think he just went out there and then kind of pulled off. I, I don't think he finished. Yeah. He,
1: he posted on Facebook that he uh, just borrowed a car so he could make a couple laps so he could get the start money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and that was pretty cool of that guy to let him do that, but it cost him the, a shot at the championship because honestly starting outside pole track was, you know, maybe it wasn't to his liking though. Cause that was a little drier that night. So I don't, I'm not going to say he would have won, but I think he would have finished towards the front somewhere and had a shot at that gator. Um, but, you know, one guy, Bert, that really uh, was poised, I guess, to have kind of his breakout night, the B1 bomber, Brent Larson. He went all in the heat and won. I'm like, what? Like, and, and he looked good. He, he had a fast heat. He drove away from what Strickler and somebody else. And he was running third that whole feature until like six laps to go and just a little bit of contact there between him and Madden. I think Brent kind of bobbled. Madden got inside of him a little contact, and left rear tire went down on the B one. And I talked to Brent. He's like, "It was a race and deal." He goes, "He didn't like drive into me or nothing, you know." But he was just super happy that finally they found some speed. And it's like, hey, these now they're actually talking about Brent Larson. Like, like he's actually maybe gonna find enough speed to maybe run up front in some of these shows so i'd really like to see that he's a minnesota guy and he's a good guy you know pretty much you know if you know brent larson most people like him and you know so it's gonna be good after all these years of struggling to maybe you know steal one or get some podium finishes here um what's your thoughts on night number five Bert?
1: yeah i mean <clears throat> i watched the feature and um well the funny thing is uh you know in uh the dirt on dirt drive home they said that was probably the best track all week and but it would it had the least amount of passing I think of any race during the week
0: <laughs> so so I'll, I'll piggyback off that quick
1: the drivers said that was the best track of the week um the dirt well, on and, dirt... and my thought is then if you're a driver you don't want to try to get to the front you don't want to be able to pass other drivers
0: drivers want smooth they want dry and that's what they want they want the good drivers, they want it smooth. They want it dry because it's easier on equipment. They Them old dogs, right, they have talked about, man, this place been too fast. All these young guys kicking our ass on the cushion. Like, this is just, we, we can't drive it that hard. So I think it kind of came back to some of them guys, um, you know, because it, it is easier on equipment on that slick track. And that's the perspective difference, right? As a driver, if you're an experienced driver, I don't care if it's with soda, I don't care if it's World of Old Dogs. I don't care. But the experienced drivers that win races, they want clean, black, dry. They don't want to bang a cushion. They don't want ruts. They don't want none of that. They want a dry stuck racetrack. As a fan, I'm like, I would rather carve my eyes out than watch right. that garbage. It's like, you know, people say, oh, man, dirt's better than asphalt. Well, not if you prep it like asphalt, right? And that's the perspective difference because drivers will argue with you till they're blue in the face. I was one, like I hated when it was heavy. And I hated it. I hated pounding the holes. I hated the cushion. I liked it black top the bottom. That's what I wanted. Um, but the drivers also need to take a look at if the fans aren't entertained. <laughs> There's not going to be a whole lot of paycheck going on there. So yeah, I mean it's, uh, it's I mean it it's was it was.
1: It was rough in some of the earlier races. I mean, we talked about the night when there was a lot of uh mechanical issues. We talked about T Mac and I mean there that night there was a huge bump in and in three and four. And uh he went through that bump and when his car landed, you could see his suspension break. I mean, the the frame came down on top of the tiger. So I mean he broke something by going through that hole. So I understand that, but you know, fans like to see passing. <laughs> they do.
0: They do. There's a lot of
1: side-by-side
0: action, but like if you looked at the results, it was plus one, minus one, and nobody really moved far, and you know, that, that just is what it is. So, but uh, let's let's talk about our overall 2021 Speed Week's thoughts, right? And, and just to, I guess, recap one last thing on Volusia, they had the week-long deal, you get the big Gator, the Gator Nationals, Devin Moran, of course, was the Gator champion, so congratulations to him. But, uh, you know, what stuck out to you, Bert, over, you know, between, I guess, the first trip to Volusia, East Bay, Bubba, you know, um, all of that, Volusia, what stuck out to you?
1: Well, I mean, this year was the first year where I watched a good portion of the, of the late model races. Uh, I, I saw some of the other divisions but but not a lot and uh I mean my first impressions is um the youngsters <laughs> had a very good speed weeks <laughs> I mean you know not just one not just two I mean there's a handful of young drivers that uh were very good at Volusia and, I mean if you look at the top five uh from those races I mean I I have them I mean just the world of outlaw races, Strickler, Hudson O'Neill, Ricky Thornton, uh, top three on the first night. And then Devin Moran, Bobby Pierce, um, third night, Overton, Moran, Bronson. I mean, just, you know, and I, I think uh, I didn't see, I didn't see McDowell's interview, but the guys at Dirt on Dirt made reference to it. He said something about these young, young drivers. It's hard keeping up with them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He, he did, he did, he, and I tell you, that guy gives a great interview, like, he's, he's, I could listen to him, like, he does a great interview, he's actually, you know, well thought out with what he says, he's just, you can tell a lot of wisdom there, carries himself well, I'm, I'm a big Dale Dahl fan, but yeah, you're exactly right, I mean, it didn't matter if it was the nights it was dry, it didn't matter if it's a night it was hammered out on the cushion, there's a change in the guards, and we talked about this, you know, last year, it's like, You know, there was a while where I'm like, man. You know, especially regionally, I'm like, man. There's a lot of late model guys that are like old. I mean, they're they're like not gonna race for like what's gonna happen. But whether it's locally, regionally, or obviously nationally, there is a lot, a lot of young guns out there in the late models. So that if you're a late model fan, that bodes well. You know, we got we have a lot of drivers here that we're gonna be able to watch over the next several years. And uh, I, I'm excited because there's some talent there. And one thing Dale McDowell says is it don't matter if it's hammered down on the cushion or driving. You got to drive these things so hard. I mean, you got to drive them. It's not like, it's not like 20 years ago where the cars are flat and they kind of roll in and you know, you're on the pump and the, you, the car's got attitude and you're driving the heck out of them. So, you know, there, there's that a little bit too. Maybe, them younger guys in a little bit better shape than some of these guys that are 50 60 years old so you know especially when you do have a track with some attitude so you're exactly right that them young guns that's pretty exciting what else stuck out to you
1: um well uh i have some other thoughts that i'm going to talk more about later in the show but i mean like a hudson o'neill I mean, last year he went to speed weeks in the masters built house car and looked absolutely horrible. And it was like, is this guy going to get a ride? Is his career over after? And you know, now he's, he's with a, he's with a new team and uh, he was very impressive uh, during speed weeks in my mind.
0: Yeah. He had the one night I remember over at bubble where I think he spun out like three times. He looked terrible that night, but the rest of it, I mean, he was a player. He was, he was solidly battling for them top five spots many, many nights. And, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, he didn't race much last year and people, you know, and I think he even mentioned, it's like, you know, man, it's going to be kind of hard to get back after this, but getting him into a car that worked and he might've been one of the, one of the fastest rockets of the group. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, he was usually running up front. Um, You know, and you know, another uh thought it, you know, the, week bobby pierce had down there i mean he should have probably had more wins than just the one that he did get and uh you know that was another thing where he wasn't going to go down there he wasn't going to race there but then they decided at kind of at the last minute to make the drive down or they're they're already i don't know they decided to go racing there and you know he they backed it up pretty well and i mean i think probably the biggest storyline is um um Owens, Davenport, and uh, Shepard, zero wins between East Bay and Volusia.
0: <laughs> if if I would have said going into speed weeks, right, that there is no way that Brandon Shepard, Jimmy Owens, okay, we'll leave Davenport out because he struggled last year, but he's another player, like, as good as he did in Arizona, I expected, like, some of that to transfer over, and he just was like, wow. But if I just said... Brandon Shepard and Jimmy Owens will not win a race in Speed Weeks. They won't win one. And there's going to be like 12 different winners, but they won't be one of them. You would have said, You are outside of your mind. Like you would like you, you got to quit drinking when you're doing the show, right? That's what you mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way. And you know, to think how many wins those two had combined, obviously, the World of Outlaw champ last year, the Lucas Oil champ. And neither one of them have even one single win. And it's going to be all the way through February because I don't think they're going to race now until March. So, man, it's crazy. And, and do we write them off? I, I, man, I, I tell you, Brandon Shepard, I think, is going to get some wins. Jimmy Owens didn't even look competitive, right? Brandon Shepard at least ran towards the front, and you could see like, he maybe wasn't there, but he was, you know, around that fifth spot. Like he was running pretty good. Jimmy Owens looked slow. Like he didn't even look good, you know? So I'm, you know, and and it's hard to say, man, that's just, that's just speed weeks. I mean, they can regroup. I mean, Jimmy Owens is a phenomenal race car driver, but that plays on your psyche a little bit. When you, when you leave that whole deal, you race that many shows and you're not even competitive. And now you got to wait a couple weeks before you go back out and get behind the wheel, man, that he's going to have some, like he, he needs to go talk to a psychiatrist because he's going to have some head games going on there for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, he had such a good year last year. It's hard to believe that, you know, he's gotten off to such a slow start this year. So uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the the season
0: yeah any other thoughts overall from down there at speed weeks anything else stick out to you
1: i mean those those were the main thoughts um you know i think another thought is um just the the last three races were world of outlaw races but you could almost watch those races and say where are the world of outlaw regulars are they even there
0: Right. Well, well. now we can say that Strickler's a world outlaw uh, regular, right? Uh, right. I mean,
1: if you take Strickler out of the equation, I mean, it's if you take Strickler out of the equation, um, we're not sure where Tyler Bruning's going to be racing this year. In the first night, the highest outlaw finisher was Ross Bales at seventh. Second night would have been Dennis Erb at fifth. And the third night would have been Herb at seventh.
0: <laughs> so if I would have said that, you know, nothing against the one man band, right? But if I would have said, well, you take the three World of Outlaw races, a guy with the best finishes is going to be Dennis Herb Jr. He did run good down there last year. I think he had one win stolen from him, right? Um, you know, that, he had that drama down at Volusia last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ricky, he's in his new cars, which he already needs a new one because um, he got destroyed on the last night. I didn't see exactly how it happened, but I can tell that front clip got just shredded. So tough deal for Ricky. And, you know, they, they're kind of transitioning. He didn't have many shows. Of course, he didn't run East Bay, you know, so they went down to Volusia. And I think they're trying to trying to get some speed out of that thing. They said they're lacking some speed, but, you know, to go down there, and not only you couldn't quite get all the testing in that you wanted to do because you didn't get as many shows as you wanted to, but then destroy a car in the process not a good start to the season for the seven ride. Um, yeah. And Shepard non-existent. I mean, you you look at a couple of the guys that were kind of the also rans you know, youngins, terrible Briggs, terrible, <laughs> right. Cade Dillard. He, he back, he tore the clip off that deal. He kind of bent the clip over and they had to fix it. And, and like he was garbage ever since then. So I, I don't know if that car is going to have to go back to Wisconsin. So them guys were all non-factors. Um, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. The one guy that actually showed some speed and actually was more competitive than I've seen him all last year, Brent Larson actually was, I'm not saying he was a top five guy, you know, but, but he looked compared to last year, Brent Larson, a few nights down there looked to be improving, right? I'm not saying he's winning in or whatever, but you can tell that he made some strides, and, and he's another guy that switched, right? He was in a Barry Wright Icon at the end of last year. Now he's in a rocket. And so so maybe that little bit of a transition, he found some speed. So, you know, yeah, it's going to be interesting, that world of all on deal. Scott Bloomquist, he found some speed. A couple nights he looked quick and, you know, he had some things happen. He found a little bit of speed, but it's anybody's game. And right now, Strickler, he's in the driver's seat. I mean, mm. I... Clearly, out of all that whole group at Volusia, not at East Bay, terrible at East Bay, terrible, terrible at East Bay. That's why he's so sorry. Okay, but at Volusia, out of that whole group, there's a reason he's leading the points. He looked good at Volusia, so right. you know we'll see if that can. You know, it's a long season. He's a rookie. He's got a lot of experience in racing, though. We'll see how that trans you know transitions over the year. Um, I do have one last thing there on Volusia. So so Scott Duvall, a friend of mine, was down at the RPM workshops. And they have those at Daytona leading into Daytona 500 weekend. And it's a whole bunch of promoters get together. And, and pretty much all the promoters from Florida were at RPM workshops, plus promoters from all over the country. Right. The biggest thing that they talked about down at the RPM workshops, workshops was A, the lack of fans at speedweeks, right? So like they're like, man, our fan counts, except for a couple of the weekend shows, were terrible i mean did you see the fan count at ocala i mean there was like nobody in the grandstand there was like nobody there, right it was empty. it was cold they you looked at volusia the first, during the week nobody there no uh, empty right east bay during the east bay was probably better than the other ones because it's east bay traditionally is usually better but um, two things come to mind number one volusia had lack of fans because the daytona 500 uh-huh. didn't have all them people But the thing they talked about most on their bird, live streaming. There's a big concern with that. And they said, it's not necessarily the live streaming. It's like people live streaming it. And then they have a house party, right? They have six, eight, 10 people over barbecue. They're all watching the race, you know, or they're sharing it with their friends or Facebook live and doing all this. There is an absolute conversation going on nationwide now with all these promoters talking about streaming platforms is this killing is it killing the fan cons because ocala it was cold i mean it was cold down there i can guarantee you this i would have rather watched it on tv than sat in cold right so there's a concern going on there and uh and that was a big discussion and lots of different variables that's a discussion for another time we'll get into You know, down the road, we'll get into a little bit more in-depth conversation on live streaming, what promoters can do, different things like that. But the fact is, that was a big concern down there at Speed Week, especially at the RPM workshops, was if we can't fill the grandstands for these shows, maybe there's too many, right? They talked about maybe, and they already have the schedule out for next year, and their mindset is maybe we're overdoing it. Maybe there's too many shows down here which is great for the racers. it's great for us fans that want to watch it online, but it's not good for trying to fill the grandstands when you have that many races in a commence period of time so that was uh, that was one of the big outtakes I guess of that deal down there and uh, but speed weeks uh, I- you know, uh, you know, we I, I watch the drive home under Under. Them guys do a great job, by the
1: way. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy
0: the hell out of that. Every single night, jumping on 15, 20 minutes, half hour, just kind of listen to their take from the night. And, you know, them, they go down, they meet with the drivers, talk to them, some good insight, really entertaining. But uh, they talk about the Roy, right? They're like, we're going to have a Roy. No Roy's in that's race of the year. And there, I, there wasn't one that really stuck out to me from all of speed weeks that I would say was memorable, right? I mean, there were some okay yeah. races, there were some good races, but nothing that was really like, I that was outstanding. And uh, that's, so that's, that's interesting. There was no spectacular races down there. And uh, I know last year at East Bay, there was a couple that were really good. Yeah. This year, there was just, I think that was another outtake I have is nothing really stood out. Um, There was some good racing, not great, and uh, but now we're going to get back into the into the swing of the season. So you know that's it on the recap, Bert. There was you know sorry, Keith. There was really no sprint car racing to talk about. (laughs) We do have that coming up, but uh, you know let's get into the upcoming events. Um, You know one thing that stuck out to me that Extreme Dirt Car Series on the Driving Extreme Dirt Car Series. I believe this is year number two. They had it last year. They already got three nights in the books. And, and right now, Madden, he won the points last year. He's leading that after three races. Remember, I don't remember this, Bert, Strickler was leading it. And, and do you remember remember Strickler's night, the, the last extreme race? He went through two cars.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he shredded the wall in the same spot in the heat and then took out a backup car and did it again in the future. So, yeah, so he, he lost the lead. He's second in the points. One thing that I didn't see, though, for this show is uh, Stuart Friesen and Brandon Overton are both going to be racing there.
1: So, okay.
0: so that's going to be good. So it's going to be the notables are going to be Madden, Strickler, Overton, and Stuart Friesen, who look pretty good. Um, Saturday at the Lakeview Motor Speedway, Sunday at Cherokee Speedway, which is Gaffney, both in South Carolina. Both of those races will be on Dirt Vision. And, and uh, those are the four notables, Bert. If, if you had to pick a, a winner for any of those races, who comes to mind for you? Who, let's make a couple picks. That's that's the big late model races for the weekend. Let's make a couple picks.
1: Um, Overton runs so well down in that area that it's hard to pick against him. <laughs> Are you taking them for both or one? Um, give me... Overton and Lakeview, I'll let you have them for Cherokee and I'll take Madden for Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take
0: an, I'm taking an Overton sweep. I'm just going to take an Overton sweep. <laughs> Our late model expert weighed in and uh, he's got Strickler on day one, which is at Lakeview. And he has Madden on day two, um, which, is at, which is at Cherokee there. So hopefully that cold front that's going through the south doesn't make it all the way over there. Hopefully the racing happens. Because uh, the Southern folks, they found out what well, winter is like this week.
1: So <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> hopefully the racing happens.
1: And and I'm looking here.
0: Yeah. And uh,
1: We're finally in double digits today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we've been, I know Northern Minnesota has been in double digits for quite a while. Of course, it's been negative double digits, but yeah, not, not positive. But yeah, I know yeah. in Illinois now, end of the week, it's supposed to be up around 30. So Twice uh,
1: within the last Twice within the last week, I was driving to work and one day uh, it said my car said minus twenty two, and another day it said minus twenty-one. So I mean, we've we've had that for a week and a half to two weeks where it's been single digits, pretty much no mosquitoes. Day.
0: No mosquitoes, <laughs> no mosquitoes. So that's good.
1: Now there is another
0: late model race going on. I do not know. I, I actually messaged them to see if it's gonna be streamed on anything. They said they're working on that. There's a few regional places that do it down there. Um, they have the Eddie Davis Bama Brawl, of course. That's in Alabama, right at Fort Payne Motor Speedway. Saturday and Sunday, they have a few different classes, and I know the big finale is 4500 to win for the super late models down there. So, you know, keep an eye online. Maybe, maybe just Google that, or not Google, but go on Facebook to the Fort Payne Motor Speedway Facebook page. You'll be able to see if that's screened anywhere on there. You know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, maybe you're going to see the Joiner car over there. I, I don't really know who else. Maybe, I, I think that's maybe a place that you may see like a Parker Martin, right? He might be a guy that heads to something like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who, who transitions over to that race. And then, Keith, we didn't forget about you, buddy. All right, we didn't forget about you. And there <laughs> is some sprint car races going on. The World of Outlaws, uh, Friday and Saturday. Bert, Friday at the MAG, Saturday at the REV. Um, Both of those, of course, it's world of outlaws will be on dirt vision. And I got now, now Keith did not weigh in. He must be working, must be working. I couldn't get a prediction from him. (laughs) Jeff gave me a prediction. Okay. And he says, now remember Donnie's shots, right? He's at two ninety nine on world of outlaws sprint car wins. Looked like it was going to be 300 at the last one. I mean, he was poised to win that deal. Had an ignition box fail, rough deal. Um, Jeff said he's not only going to get 300, but he said he's going to get 301 also. So he's wow. going bold. I think that's a homer call. I don't know. I think it's kind <laughs> of a homer deal because he's a northern guy. But but Jeff said that. Who do you got to win the the World of Outlaw Sprint
1: Car races over the weekend? Um, give me Brad Sweet the first night and. I'll take shots the second night. He'll get three hundred.
0: <laughs> okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know what the same week for shots. I hope it is. I really do. I hope he wins. I Hope he wins them all. But uh, Logan Shuhart, I'm taking him, and I'll take sweet. Um, which order? I don't know. Uh, what what order did you go again? Who did you take for the? First I went round?
1: sweet and then uh, uh, shots. So you took sweet shots. So
0: I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna take Shuhart and then I'll take sweet. On the second one is what i'll
1: do. yeah I, I didn't do very good on my predictions last week because i <laughs> said uh my hot take was bloomquist would win would finish in the top three at least one race and i don't know i sh- i said shepherd was gonna win i can't remember how many i said he was gonna win but it doesn't well, matter because he didn't win any <laughs>
0: right and i said i said bloomer was not gonna finish in the top 10 and i don't think he did have a top no, ten.
1: No.
0: And, and i said bobby pierce was gonna be the next guy to double up and it looked like it was going to happen, and then he got a flat. It's like, ah, oh, man, I, I was close, and it didn't happen. He didn't double up, but but he uh, looked like he was going to. So not only should he have won that one where he had the flat, but then he was outside pole, and another one didn't get the race. So, you know, like, he's there. I, I tell you, he's, he's fast. He's He's definitely going to be a force. So that's the upcoming races. There's a few things coming up. Of course, we got – We got more coming up USMPS the following week. We'll talk about that. But Bert, let's get into the last lap here. And uh, (sighs) I tell you, local tracks, Bert, not working together is driving me bonkers, literally driving me insane. I was on Facebook and I saw, I kind of looked at the schedule. I saw what was going on at Huron at the Dakota State Fair Speedway here on South Dakota on uh, first weekend of June, they have a South Dakota swing out there with the structural buildings, soda sort of Late Model Challenge Series. Of course, Thursday night they're at Here on Friday, Aberdeen Saturday here on Sunday, Casino Speedway in Watertown. And I was looking at that, I'm like, "Holy crap! Ten grand to win on Saturday! That is outstanding! That is awesome! Another five figure payout for soda Late Models." And then I looked, and I'm like, "The King of Dirt." at the i-94 Sure Step speedway in fergus falls is the same night i'm like are you serious like really i mean and i even texted shaw he's like yeah it's the only thing we could make work and i'm thinking it's your dollar <laughs> you know it's like well whatever i mean and they'll get cars but it just sucks right you see a when you see a ten, when you see a promoter and both of them okay this, this is both of them I, it's not 10 grand to win at fergus He's putting up good money though. It's like four or five grand or something like that to win I think somewhere in that neighborhood. I think it's a really good purse. And then you look at Huron and they're putting up $10,000 to win. As a fan, Bert, and I'll let you weigh in on this. As a fan, when they put up that kind of money, I want to see as many good late models from all different areas competing against each other. I'm going to touch on one more show and then I'm going to let you weigh in. Late August, okay, last year, probably one of the biggest one of the best races of the year was uh over at the big old ogilvy raceway ogilvy minnesota it wasn't of course challenge series last year it is this year because the challenge series wasn't there but that last week of august they have a challenge series race in ogilvy okay i looked at the schedules viking speedway in alexandria they're also having late models on that same night i'm like oh, you're killing me. Neither one of them have late models regularly, so they both rely on people coming in. Now, now Viking will get kind of that NLRA group. They'll get kind of some of them. Might not have went to Ogilvy anyway, but it just it just sucks. There's so many, there's so few of these bigger races. It's like, let's work together on this. So, Bert, as a fan, you know, as a, somebody that, that's written a lot of articles, did a lot of interviews, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Um. Well, I mean, It's nice that tracks are going out on a limb and scheduling these specials. But um, yeah, when you schedule them on top of each other against other tracks, um, I mean, it's hard enough to be to have a successful special the way it is. And then when you when you have two going on at the same time, making people choose, you know, you're just limiting your chance at uh, success. I mean, you're forced, forcing the fans to make a decision on where they want to go. You're, you're forcing the drivers to make a decision on where they want to go. And from a fan's perspective, um, when I go to a special, I mean, I want to see the best of the best from that area and hopefully some drivers from out of the area. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you schedule on top of each other, you, you take some of those possibilities away.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and hopefully it works out for everybody. I mean, the the flip side of that is there'll be multiple opportunities for somebody to win a race. I mean, I get it. Um, But yeah, I'm like you. I mean, when I see that much money on the line, I want to see as many of them good guys competing in in a perfect world. Like the Sites race last year, they had representatives from like six different regions that we've talked about and that's cool you know when you see the best of the best from all these different areas within within our region right um that's cool to see that them kind of racing against each other and i guess i get it there's only so many weekends in the year in minnesota but it just it never fails that that always kind of happens and it, it seems to be happening more this year there's a little bit of conflict in central minnesota a lot of scheduling on top of each other and It's just not good for anybody. So that's enough of that. And I I also saw on Facebook, Bert, so TRC race cars up in Hibbing. um, Actually, I I ran one of those for a few years myself. Mark Roiney and uh, partnered up with Kaylee Emerson, who's actually the um, series director, president of the uh, Northern Renegades non-wing sprints. But he's been, he's worked with Mark for several years, good buddies. They're actually, they announced a driver support program, kind of a little unique deal where they're gonna they want to do more one-on-one with their drivers instead of building a car sending them on their way. So Mark, uh, he'll be the first one to admit it. Um, not people skilled, right? He's not the guy that likes <laughs> to do that. And uh, so Kaylee coming in, partnering up. That's gonna be good for TRC. And uh they, you know, that's of course national championships. They've won it in B mods, they won it in Supers, and uh Skeeter Esty, who actually has multiple national championships in the Wasota Midwest mods as the trc house car driver Bert, he's going to an mod this year and i uh, saw on his facebook page that not only is going to an amod but they're heading south to texas and they're going down what is an rpm speedway for the us mts openers so uh good luck to skeeter down there sounds like uh it could be an interesting deal with that us mts with all that money on the line see how see how some of these guys do so bert let's let's transition over to some asphalt
1: um well before we do that i have it's not on the agenda but i i have one thing that it was just announced yesterday i believe um did you see that the world of outlaw race at bristol is going to be invitation only i did i did and what i got i got some
0: thoughts on that what is your thoughts
1: well i'm i'm curious as to their reasoning for doing it that way because uh I believe lucas has has races scheduled for that weekend so they're not going to get the lucas drivers anyway um so are they trying to keep some of, i shouldn't say, say it this way keep some of the riffraff out
0: <laughs> so this burt layman So follow him on facebook if you have a comment on him calling people riffraff that's burt Lehman. <laughs> um uh, the answer is yes um i, I will agree so um but so they have i think they're running back-to-back weeks two classes at each and i think what they're trying to do is is there's so much popularity with that initial the one that xr is putting on before the nascar race where i mean the, i think they're up to like 1500 cars registered for that deal i think they looked at it and they said we don't want anything to do with that many cars like and in fact you can get to a point in the dirt the dirt on dirt who talked about this you can get to a point where too many cars is actually a worse show right it goes too long there's more cautions it wears the track out so i think they're i think yeah they're probably trying to eliminate some of the guys that really don't have a shot right which right wrong or indifferent it is what it is okay but on the flip side of it I think they're trying to limit it to a certain number of heats. And I don't I didn't see the exact number. Did you see a number on that? How many cars?
1: No, I, I didn't see any exact numbers.
0: You know, I, I look at it and, and as a fan, in all honesty, if you have two classes of cars and they both have four good solid heats and you know, last chance qualifiers and features, that's a that's a full show. That's entertaining, and and I think that's all you need to have an entertaining program. I don't know if they're going to go with four or five, six seats, I don't know, but I think they're I think they're looking at it, and this is something we've talked about, right? Is you know, you see these specials that have eight classes of cars, and they got three hundred cars at the special, and it's like I know Puka loves that stuff. We don't, you know what? We don't <laughs> want to. We don't want to go watch that stuff. And I think they're looking yeah. at it like we want to have the show done in a certain window of time, and they don't want to go. They don't want a four or five hour program. So I think that's kind of the mindset behind it. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Hey, I got a, a quick thing here. So Pete, um, he actually, he's taken <laughs> kind of funny. So I took, I took shoe heart and then sweet. He took sweet and then shoe <laughs> Okay. And uh, yeah. He, and he says, I don't, I'm not sure who's racing for lace. I'll take number one, both of those nights. Number one, Who's number one. Brent Larson. Think, all right, we'll give him Brent Larson. I <laughs> think he's gonna be there. So there you go. You got you got Brent Larson. Okay, he ain't gonna be there. Um, I don't know if he meant the pole sitter or what. I, I don't really know. But uh, Pete Wade and he did give us some sprint car picks there. He went flip side to me. So yeah, that Bristol deal gonna be interesting. And you know, the more class, the more cars they have. We don't want to see a rubbered up one lane dry slick deal. I want to see it. You know, and we get too many cars. It wears the track out. Initially, when I saw that, I'm like, oh. Another invite-only deal. The invite-only deal at Knox or at Eldora last year was good. I mean, it was, oh, enter- it was an entertaining show. So yeah, I, I guess we'll the jury's still out. We'll see who they invite and we'll see who's coming. But I'm pretty sure they'll they'll probably do a pretty good job with that deal, I would guess. So that'll oh, be yeah. cool to see. Now, now uh well, speaking of Bristol, right? What a perfect transition. We'll get into the Daytona 500. And uh, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time here, but uh, what was your overall thoughts of the 500?
1: Um, I mean, I was, I was glad to see Michael McDowell win. I mean, I, I always like to see an underdog win in NASCAR and either Daytona and Talladega, those are the two tracks most conducive to um, an underdog winning because it's kind of, there's a lot of luck involved. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, you know, not being involved in the big one, or in this case, the uh, two big ones. Um, and I mean, when I initially saw the wreck happen on the last lap, I mean, I didn't have the same feelings that I had last year when Ryan Newman's wrecked because I was really worried about Newman, but this wreck was really bad too with Keslowski getting up into the catch fence a little bit. I mean, they showed uh, the front bumper from his car was stuck behind a pole on the catch fence so i mean if that car would have got up a little higher with the roof to the pole i mean and you know they just keep saying you know this is daytona this is talladega but you know you're really kind of pushing your luck and but the thing is nothing's going to change as long as they're allowed to bump draft the way they are where they're allowed to actually push each other um because if you if you don't lock on correctly, that's what happens. <laughs> Two cars if, go. Who caused that in your mind? You
0: you watched, I'm sure you watched it multiple times. From what you've seen there, if you had the point of finger,
1: who caused that last wreck? If I had to say who actually caused it, probably McDowell. <laughs> um, because he was pushing Kislowski and they got a great run and Keselowski, um, um you know, wasn't able to square Logano, caught him on the side and caused both those cars to spin. Uh, I mean, is it Michael McDowell's fault? No, I don't think so. But ultimately that's probably the cause of the accident.
0: So, so with that said, another <laughs> no fault caution rule win, right? And that's NASCAR's rule. Um, again yeah i'm happy for michael McDowell. sounds like he's a stand-up guy um you know a lot of people have a lot of respect for him so that that is cool and you know i've been to a few loves truck stops myself but in my opinion like i i felt like i suffered through watching like the majority of that race i'm like this is i mean it was so boring yeah i mean
1: a lot of times daytona is you know at least they're racing side by side and stuff but it it seemed like they pretty much the drivers pretty much decided we're just going to stay single file until the end of each stage and then we're gonna you know try to go for the victory of the stage and then especially at the end of the race and i mean denny hamlin even said you know because after the pit stops hamlin got shuffled back to 11th i mean by far he had the most dominant car um but he said, nobody made any moves. I couldn't do anything because you can't do it by yourself.
0: And the top was so fast, you know, people tried to move down. They couldn't do much. And, and really, I mean, all of us dirt fans say the same thing. You don't even need to watch a NASCAR race until like the last 10 laps. And again, that proved to be true. I would have blamed it on McDowell. I would have did the same thing. That's the rule. I mean, you, you can bump draft. He was just trying to win. He was trying to make something happen. He didn't try to wreck anybody. Uh, I saw people online saying, Oh, but Logano threw a big block. Not really. I mean, he no. kind of moved down, but it wasn't like a abrupt, like he went down the block. I've seen some big blocks throwing at Daytona. That wasn't a big block. That was just kind of a gradually you're racing for the Daytona 500 on the last lap. You're going to kind of move your line a little bit. It is what it is. In fact, there was more blocking done at the end of that one stage, right. than there was um, in the end of the race. So yeah, unfortunately, everything was okay. NASCAR did a really good job, and quickly, you know, hey, this this person's out, that person's out, everybody's out of the car, everybody's okay. They were very quick about letting all the viewers know that everybody was mm-hmm. everybody was good. So that was good. But and
1: I I'm gonna tie a bow on on this. Um, <laughs> I was I was curious to see what Keselowski would say in his interview. I did see his interview. I didn't see Logano's. Well, I, I did see Logano's, and neither one of them that I saw blame McDowell for it. Uh, and actually, when they interviewed Keselowski, they actually showed him the replay while they were interviewing them. And even after the replay, he didn't blame McDowell. He he didn't say that this caused This cost him the championship. And right. uh, <laughs> and uh, and blame the non well. McDowell is a regular but he's not you know he's not one of the top drivers so <laughs>
0: right, right yeah they're, they're very very politically correct in, in how they approach the NASCAR too. So let's end it with this uh, you know we got two months of racing in already there was a little bit in January of full February actually uh, there was quite a bit in January really but uh let's go into the late model in the national late model series is you know you got some guys you take a, a Madden and Overton they don't really follow a series. But all the national drivers. Let's talk about our top five studs and our top five duds after basically uh, two months of racing here. Um, let's start with the let's start with the top five studs. Let's go studs. Who's your top five? Okay, in if, order. If you yes. want no particular order okay. unless you want to. And if you have just a brief snippet that you want to say on anything on any one of them, what do you got? Top five.
1: Um, my top five in no particular order: um, Devin Moran, Bobby Pierce, uh, Kyle Strickler, Hudson O'Neill, and Brendan Overton. Um, I left Tyler Erb off just because he didn't race that last swing because he's suspended.
0: <laughs> so, so I think we both got Devin Moran up front. Um, he was impressive over speed weeks. I got Brandon Overton um, in there. I got him second. I think he's been massively consistent. I have turbo third. Only guy with four wins. I mean, he got a couple uh, on the East coast, couple on the West side, right? Um, Yeah. He couldn't race the world of outlaw stuff, which sucks or the UMP stuff. Um, But I got turbo in there. He looked, he looked pretty good. Um, I got Bobby Pierce who I kind of rough on him a little bit last year. Um, you give that kid a cushion and he is tough to beat. Um, and just like the nerd on their crew said on the drive home, boy, if this is any indication come regional racing or on the hell tour, they're in
1: big, big trouble. I mean, like that one guy predicted 33 wins for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah. D said 33. I'm like, (laughs) I want some of what he's smoking. I don't see 33 happening for Bobby Pierce, but, uh, you never know he's gonna I, but he's he was impressive i tell you he was really quick the The first day he stopped in partway through the weekend he's been he won the heat opening night out so he he's you know qualifying good he's fast he's winning heats he's good and another guy i'm gonna put a veteran in there a guy that was pretty consistent probably out of all the veterans team act.
1: Um, yeah put, I, I agree with that I'm gonna put him I mean, up in the top. I, I, five. I don't have an issue with any of your picks. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean you're right, turbo de- deserves to be in the top five. Uh I just didn't put him in there just because he doesn't have the full body of work like some of the other drivers do.
0: And and if you take east bay, if you take all the stuff with the rocket, all oh, I, I I actually had Strickler penciled in and I'm like, boy, he was horrible at this. yeah. You're right. Cool. So, <laughs> but it, but those are the top five, but he's leading the World of Outlaw points coming out of speed. So, I mean, you can't – I mean, it's hard to argue against that. Now,
1: top five duds. Who do you got? Um, Jimmy Owens, Jonathan Davenport, um, Brandon Shepard, Ricky Weiss. And I put the World of Outlaw series just because their drivers were not competitive against the uh, other drivers in the in the in the outlaw sanction races
0: <laughs> shot fired all right i like it so so i i got b chef owens and davenport they're all all three of them are there okay the next one i got is josh richards like he was legitimately like bolted last year and he was horrible at speed weeks i mean it was just and then then I had a then I had a fifth and a sixth, and I didn't know which way to go with this. I had Cade Dillard in there, but I put Team Rocket. Um, I put because Longhorns right now, they're a step up, right? Rocket, they're lacking speed, and and they gotta be coming out of this deal, shaking their head, going, What just happened? Like we're like we're rocket chassis, and we're not even like all that terribly competitive right now so so mark richards is either going to have to a sharpen his pencil and figure some stuff out or b talk to world of outlaws and lucas oil and changing some rules so his cars can be on top again i don't know which one it's going to be but uh, i put i put team rocket in there but definitely davenport b Shep and owens and and davenport that i would say my biggest disappointment out of all of speed weeks jonathan davenport um, as, as, fast as he was coming out of the wild west shootout in right. kind of that swagger, he's starting to get some confidence back and he laid a big egg and, uh, like so bad that he's like, I'm not even going to Volusia. I just want to go home. Right. I mean, so that was my biggest disappointment. So with that said, you know, we kind of have our picks for the week, a little bit of racing coming up, hopefully uh knock on wood here, mother nature cooperates. I know they had a, a, a mod race, a USRA deal down in Texas that got canceled. Obviously, they got some <laughs> snow down there. I think it's kind of funny, um, but uh, the fact is, uh, some racing coming up uh, this week: World of Outlaws Sprints, Extreme Dirt Car Series, Late Models. All of that's going to be on Dirt Vision. Um, so, if you have Dirt Vision, check it out. And and uh, Bert, any closing thoughts?
1: No, uh, I think I think we covered a lot in this show, and um, you know it's the bristol races are only like a month away and <laughs> and then it, things are really going to start heating up yeah
0: there's a lot of racing coming up we'll have a lot of news we'll have a lot of stuff coming up for our local and regional stuff um there's a lot of big races happening a lot lots to cover um in uh, over the next month here before we get into our seasons up here so again you know, as Luke as always says, go out and be your dream. I'm Ryan Eho. That is the one and only Bert Lehman. And uh, folks, I, I hope you enjoyed the show. And, and uh, that's episode 67 in the books. Thanks for tuning into the One to Go show.
1: Okay. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.